Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Oh, stomping Jen. Hello. Uh, hi. Good to see you. Uh, my brain is always working. I swear to fucking God. Why? I don't know. I just wrote down notes for our guest. Oh, for okay. Later. Well, okay. who who is our guest? Dan. Dan Regner of. We're gonna butcher his name. Western Mass Pinball Club. Yes. I have many questions. I have so many questions. I was really excited um, when we booked Dan. Um, mm-hmm. A, I'm a child of the 80s arcade scene, mm-hmm. and there were lots of pinball machines in arcades when I used to go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in my life um, playing these pinballs, these machines, <laughs> Stomping Jen. So I have. Were you a pinball wizard? I was not. I was merely an apprentice. Oh, okay. I never all rose right. to the level of wizard. All right. So, but we're gonna we're gonna talk to Dan all about this um, world of pinball, Great. and people are gonna learn a lot of cool stuff. I think. Okay. Are we cool. ready? We're totally ready. All right. Let's um hit our paddles and get ready to whack some balls. <laughs> Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. <laughs> Don't do Stomping it. Don't do it. Jen, oh, yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about pinball with our new friend. You have friend. to sing like the who. I can't do that. Why not? Roger Daltrey? Oh, I'm a terrible singer. Oh my gosh. Well, without further ado, let's say hello to Dan Regner. I said it right that time from right. Western Mass um, Pinball Club. Hello, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, I was super excited when uh, Stomping Jen here told me we were going to talk to you because like I said um, before the intro music... I grew up in like the 1980s arcades and I played tons of pinball when I was a kid. So um, I just am attracted to this. Um, I'm really excited by it. And when I heard there was a a Western Mass pinball club. Oh, yeah. Immediately I was like, oh, no, we need to talk to these people. My my brain kind of exploded. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of ask you, um, how, how did you get into this world of pinball? And if you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself, that would be cool, too. Sure. Uh, So um, the the Western Mass Pinball Club is actually, it was uh, born from myself and and three friends. Andy, Keith, and Ed. And uh, I met them through pinball. And I, I can get into that backstory. But uh, uh, we had this idea, uh, which wasn't a new idea. Um, there's actually a place in Connecticut called the Sanctum, which they 
uh, named theirself after the shadow, mm-hmm. uh, which was that horrible movie with one of the Baldwins. Oh, yeah. um, and there was a, pin- there was a pinball machine based off the movie, uh, which is actually a quite a very good pinball machine off a horrible movie. <laughs> um, so they opened up a spot down in Meriden, Connecticut, I want to say at least seven, eight years ago, it could have even been a little more. Um, and they're in an old warehouse building. You would never know they were there if you, if you drove past this building. Uh, but they kind of came up with this sort of pinball co-op um, put together by a few people with their own private collections. And we're friends with a lot of those guys. And uh, we came up with the idea to, to do the same thing up in this area, because really like um, we all love pinball and Pinball is, it's seeing a resurgence, but there's not a lot of it in Western mass Mm -hmm. um, at all, Mm -hmm. you know? So we kind of wanted to make this really cool sort of underground spot. Um, We're we're basically the fight club of pinball. Yeah. Nice. Now, did you meet, did you meet these, um, these guys that you opened Western mass pinball with by by playing like you you met them kind of as a player and they were just fellow players or did you have relationships that went back before that so i i met them through playing there's um there's a league called the uh new england pinball league it's i think their website is like nepl dot it might be dot org i'm I'm not sure off the top of my head um but the the new england pinball league uh is I want to say there's about 18 locations across Mass, Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire. Mm. Um, and there's probably four to 500 players total. Oh, wow. And the league runs three times a year, and it's eight weeks each session, and then they do a finals of 100 players. Uh, so there was the closest – I moved to Belchertown 10 years ago. Um, and the closest NEPL location here was up in Greenfield uh, at a place called Mystic Pinball, which actually unfortunately mm-hmm. closed mm-hmm. during COVID. COVID killed a, a bunch of the pinball spots in Massachusetts, uh, mainly more towards Boston because that's where a bunch of them were. But uh, Mystic was an was an unfortunate uh, casualty from COVID. Um, but the closest place was either Mystic or like some spot off 495, and it was like an hour drive to to get to any of them. And I just didn't want to do that every week. Uh, and then one of the other uh, club members here now, um, Andy, he lives in Ware. And mm-hmm. he had a bunch of pinball machines in his basement. And he's been kind of tied in with NEPL for a little while. Uh, he does a lot of their IT work and stuff. So uh, he opened his house, his basement, as an NEPL location. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like yeah. a dream come true. It's, wow. it's 10 minutes from my house. Um, I can go and play and, and play in league. Finally, it was like a dream come true. I've been collecting pinball machines on and off since the early two thousands. Um, I've actually gotten out of the hobby completely on two different occasions. <laughs> when you're so, what, these are big machines, and so when you're collecting them, like how do you, how do you store them? It's really one of the worst hobbies I think any one person <laughs> can get into uh, because of. The size of the games, the weight of the games, each game is, is like close to 300 pounds. Uh, and the prices are just, well, COVID really made pinball prices go, go like through the roof crazy. But even before that, they're, they're, it's a pricey thing to get into. And, you know, 
pinball machines, they break mm. and they break a lot. And mm-hmm. if you don't have any technical know-how, um, you could be kind of like, you know, uh, down the river without a paddle kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough hobby to get into initially until you start meeting other people and you guys would be surprised how many pinball collectors there are even just in Massachusetts. Okay. It, it blew my mind once I kind of like discovered this world. Cause when I bought my first pinball machine, I bought my fir- first pinball machine in the early two thousands and it was an Adams family. And I can get into why I bought that, but <laughs> I, I had this game and I didn't know anybody in pinball. I did not know one other person that collected pinball machines. And after owning it for about a year, I kind of had like this freak out moment where I'm like, Oh my God, if this thing breaks, I have no idea how to fix it. I don't know anybody. Um, and I ended up selling the game just cause I was just like paranoid at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and since then I've, I, I got back into the hobby after I kind of met people, you know, years later that were into it and could help me with any little troubles that I might run into. Um, and we moved to Belchertown. I got back into the hobby. I had about seven games in our house. Uh, and then my wife was pregnant with our second child and we weren't going into the basement anymore. We weren't playing them anymore. I'm like, why do I have all these expensive games in here that nobody's touching? And I freaked out and I sold everything again. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and yeah. And then we decided to do this club and, and now I'm up to like 25 games. Wow. And you're, you're not in Andy's basement anymore, right? Have you, you've moved. Okay. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about your location? So we, we are in the Palmer technology center, um, which is in three rivers, downtown three rivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like the old Tam brands factory. Uh, so it's a massive complex. Um, you wouldn't even know we were in there if you drove by it, kind of like the sanctum in Connecticut. Um, we don't really have any signage outside or anything like that. Uh, we have one of the old cafeteria spaces. So it's like a 4,200 square feet room. Uh, we painted it, we, we put new lighting in, like it, it looks awesome. It was, it was a dream for us. Um, but it took a long time to get from where we started to where we are now. We've been here for two years. Uh, a year of that was basically a wash because of COVID. Yeah. So and how so many, how the only many, good thing. Yeah. Go ahead, oh, go ahead. Please finish. The only, the only good thing about COVID, if there was a good thing about COVID is that it allowed us to do like so many things to this place to really get it to where we always wanted it to be, but it would have been kind of tough to do mm-hmm. if we hadn't been closed for, you know, months and months and months. So. Yeah. How many games uh, do you have in there? So on the floor right now, we probably have a little over 60. Wow. And I mean, I'm in, I'm in our back room right now. We have, uh, we're, we're, we're fortunate enough to have our main space and then we have an office and then we have like a little workshop kind of storage area in the back. So, uh, at one time we counted all our games in the back, including like the broken project games. Um, and we were just over a hundred games total under the roof. Do you have, um... which is insane. Do you have technicians or like, do you have, you have people as part of the club that know how to work on the machines? So the, the four of us that put it together, we all have some level of technical ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the guys can actually do uh, circuit board work. Okay. So, and that's like the biggest issue with, with pinball machines. If, if a circuit board has issues or needs components, I mean, you have to be able to do uh, fine soldering mm. um, and, and know what you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. And luckily right. he, we have, we have Andy, Andy is our, he's our technical guru. If he can't fix it, it, mm-hmm. it can't be fixed, you know, yeah. but without Andy, this place wouldn't even exist. Cause we would never would have tried to yeah. do this undertaking without him. Do, do you do workshops on how to, how to putter with uh, motherboards and soldering and workshops and teaching so others I, how to fix the machine? It's funny. So I, Actually, that is one of the plans um, cool. that we're going to try to do in the fall or winter is do he's going to try to put some classes together for people who own pinball machines mm-hmm. um, to come here. And he's going to, you know, we're going to try to do like a basic intermediate and advanced level yeah. on like repairs and stuff. So because yeah. there is there's a uh, a need for it out there. Like I said, you would you would be surprised how many people actually own pinball machines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there you know? are there companies that will that you can call that will come in and repair them. If you, if you have a broken machine that you just can't fix yourselves. There's a few like freelance people in the new England area um, that will do it. It, it, Like for circuit board work, a lot of them won't do house calls. You have to like drop the board Mm -hmm. off to them or or, or mail it to them. Um, But no, I mean, there's not a lot of people that will actually just go do like house call stuff for, for people. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's just because like, they're so intricate and it can take hours to even diagnose the issue. And I, I think it's just, it's too, it's too much of an undertaking for somebody to, to try to get into like that kind of business. I mean, obviously like we're, you know, the four of us, if we have a friend that has an issue, we're going to go out and try to help them. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a, if it's a frequent, you know, uh, person that comes to the club, we've had that too, where they'll, they'll sit down and talk to Andy or, or one of us and try to, you know, spitball, their problem with their game. We've had people even bring their games here mm-hmm. and and have us try to fix them or let us fix them. And then they'll leave it here for a few weeks for people to enjoy before they take it back home. Oh, that's awesome. That's a so nice... it's great because it, it kind of keeps, you know, fresh stuff coming through the door. I like it. What? It's like yeah. my, 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 my like business mind is yeah. like, Oh, we could do this revenue stream. You could do that revenue stream. Yeah. You could do this. You could do that. Sorry. How do you find the games um, that, you uh, bring in t- into the um, into the club. Are there like trade magazines that advertise games for sale? Are there websites? And you just you're looking for new and interest. Do you just do you have to be actively out there looking, or do people find you? Like, how do you get the games? It's funny. It's, it's kind of like all those things. Um, I mean, we've gotten games just from uh, word of mouth. We've gotten games from obviously friends of ours that are in the hobby that are looking to sell a game. And, and you know, we have people that'll kind of come to us first and go, hey, I'm going to get rid of this game soon. If you guys are interested, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to put it up. Um, there's a lot of games on on Craigslist. There's a lot of games on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few like pinball for sale marketplace ones. I had a game, uh, that I bought a few years ago, actually, uh, the game I talked about earlier, the shadow that, that the sanctum named themselves after, um, one of those popped up on like a Ludlow trash to treasure kind of site. And a friend of mine that lives in Ludlow, he messaged me at 7 AM one morning and he's like, <laughs> Hey, is this a good deal? And I'm like, Oh my God, tell them I will buy it right now. <laughs> oh wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just, sometimes those deals pop up and and it's you know they don't happen all the time but they do mm-hmm. um there's also a website called pinside so it's pinside.com and that is probably the biggest pinball website in the world there's there's thousands of people on there um and games dozens of games go up for sale there every day it's it's worldwide so it's not often that you'll get a game that's within you know your comfortable driving distance um 
but there actually is, it's a message board and there's a specific thread called, uh, like New England for sale. So I always keep an eye on that. I have that bookmarked Mm -hmm. and, and that gets several posts a day. Like it's, it's kind of an active, it's a pretty active hobby and it's, there's a lot of turnover. Um, but the only bad thing is because of COVID and everybody was staying inside and nobody was going out is that people started buying these games and people started selling these games for more money and people kept buying them. So it's Mm -hmm. like games that you used to be able to buy for a thousand dollars are now going for 2,500. Oh it's like God. everything had, Oh, it's crazy. And that's cheap. That's cheap. These days games have kept completely. Some games have doubled and tripled in price now. Wow. Are you kicking yourself for getting rid of all those games that you used to have? A little bit. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although I'm sure my wife is happy because otherwise we'd be up to like 30 something games. Now, oh my so. gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us a bit more about the collection of games that you have there in the club. I was on the website looking, um, through the different types of games you have. I saw like an Aerosmith game, like, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm blanking some like horror themed games. Um, can you just tell us about the different types of pinball machines that you have there in the club? Sure. So uh, we actually have, um, we're fortunate enough to have a, a really nice, uh, diverse collection of games. Um, when pinball first came out, uh, they were electromechanical and they used score reels, uh, to, to tabulate the score. Um, so EMs were basically made up until the early seventies. And then they went to what's called solid state where they would actually have digital numeric displays. Um, and solid state was, uh, through basically through the nineties. But in the 80s, they started coming well with alphanumeric displays so they could display, you know, letters and numbers um, to the early 90s where it was just like all alphanumeric. And then they made the switch over to, to what's called DMD, which is a dot matrix display. Um, and that was the early 90s. That was like Terminator 2 and Adam's Family were kind of like the first games to do that where they could actually show, you know, uh, your score on there and they could show animations and uh and rule sets and everything else, whatever they could fit on that, that tiny little screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you have games coming out with, with LCD monitors built into them, you know, 10, 12 inch, sometimes like full LCD monitors where now you have like, uh, there's a, there's a, actually a new guns and roses game that just came out last year from Jersey Jack pinball. And that game, uh, it's, it's actually, it's one of my favorites. I love it. Cause I, I like the music, you know, mm-hmm. but that game has, it, it's a, it's a, like a full size, um, like fat, flat, flat panel TV in there. And it shows concert footage and they actually have like 21 or 22 songs from the band. Oh, and wow. they took all the, all this HD concert footage and, and they lip synced the footage to the, re- to the album recordings. Cause they wanted it to sound you know, <laughs> like the albums, but they wanted the look of the concert. And it's, uh, it's just amazing what they're doing with games these days. Do wow. those, do those games become like destination games? Like people in the community who, who follow pinball, like they seek them out. Like, okay. I know for example, uh, Western mass pinball club just got the guns and roses game. Like I got to get there and play that. Like, do these games become like, sought after experiences that people want to have and play. Definitely. Like we, we just got a, uh, a Rick and Morty. I don't know if you guys are Mm -hmm. familiar with the show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a huge show. And, uh, 
the, we just got the game maybe five weeks ago. And uh, that was a game made by a company called Spooky Pinball, which uh, they're, they are like the, the coolest people in the world. They're, they're very small potatoes compared to some of the other pinball manufacturers. Um, but they have like the most heart, you know? So they built Rick and Morty and they only made 750 of them. That oh, was, wow. they couldn't make, they couldn't make any more. That was just their licensing deal with adult swim. And that's how many they felt they could build comfortably in a year and a half. Um, which was, I think the window of their, of their licensing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot of Rick and Morty's out there. I mean, you're talking 750 for the entire world. Wow. We have one. So, wow. um, yeah. And a lot of them went to home collections. So that's not a game that you can really run into and, and, and see on location, uh, at most places. So that's amazing to me that, um, a companies are still making I pinball know. machines and that, um, that, that there's this like really robust engaged community around it. I think that's so awesome. Oh yeah. And can can I'm just I'm trying to think like how many new games like come out a year? Are there on a average, lot? On Are there a lot of people making uh, pinball machines? There's there's uh, I'm trying to think how many like real like real manufacturers there are out there. There's uh you have you have Spooky Pinball um, which they come out with maybe one game every year and a half, um, one title. Uh, you have a company called American Pinball, which is kind of the same thing. They only come out with a game every year, year and a half. Uh, you have Stern Pinball, which is like they're the Godzilla of pinball manufacturers. They come out with at least four to five games a year. And they come out, I mean, they're worldwide. They make thousands of each title. Wow. Um, and then you have Jersey Jack Pinball, which made Guns N' Roses. That's their last release. Um, and they come out with a game maybe every two years. Hmm. Stern, I mean, Stern has it down to a science. And they just, that, they probably have at least 90% of the market share when it comes to new in-box games. That is huge. Are they all, yeah. are they all American or are they all uh, international? No, they're all, they're all American. Um, actually, uh, Spooky is in Wisconsin and all three other manufacturers are in Chicago or, or just outside Chicago. Like Chicago was like the, the Mecca of pinball manufacturing forever. I've got to ask this. Kiss has to have a pinball machine, right? Yeah. Kiss has two. They have, a they have an old Valley game yeah, and then they have a newer Stern game that probably came out. I don't know. Seven, eight years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Bally is the name I associate with pinball machines. Yeah, is that and the class- gone. They're the classic manufacturer. Bally and uh, Williams. Okay. Williams made some of the greatest games of the '90s. Uh, you know, back in the heyday. I'm I'm 47, so I'm yeah. you know I I grew up in yeah. the arcades. Yeah. And. I hated them all. <laughs> <laughs> I was all about, you know, uh, Dig Dug and yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't even give the pinball machines uh, my time of day. I thought it was a waste of money. Yeah. I'm you know? 47 stomping Jen. You are 47. I was going to say my dad, yeah. my dad loved pinball. Anywhere yeah. we went to an arcade, he would, he would check out the pinball machines. And I remember I would, I would come across pinball machines in like a pizza shop like yeah. in town or like you know mm-hmm. it seemed like there was always one like 
somewhere that you could yeah. find and play. Well, most arcades, they only have like one yeah. or two machines. I think, does the quarters have any pinball? They had a pinball machine, I think, at one point. And they, they had... I've never been there, but I, I, I have friends that have been there. Yeah. Um, I know they had two or three games when they kind of first opened. Yeah. I don't know if they just didn't know how to maintain them or they were just too much trouble. They, they don't have any pinball machines anymore. Yeah. They're strictly just video games now. Yeah. So yeah. Dan, Dan, you said when you were younger, you didn't much care for them. So what changed and how did you get drawn into this world of pinball? Like what, what, what grabbed you? It was Tommy, wasn't it? No, I'm just kidding. It- <laughs> It was, it was actually Adam's family, which was the first game I ever bought. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so I'm, I'm a police officer by profession. I've been in it for God way longer than I would like to admit and way longer than I would like to be. <laughs> um, but I, back in the, uh, late nineties, when I first got on, I was on the midnight shift and back then there wasn't a whole lot going on at like, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. So, uh, there was a hotel that a few of the, the district cars would kind of meet up and just grab a coffee or whatever. And, and they had a game room. So like after shift, you know, we'd stop back there and play a few games and they had an Adams family. So there'd be a few of us, uh, playing and, you know, then somebody's going, Oh, let's everybody throw a dollar down on the glass and we'll, we'll winner takes all kind of thing. And, uh, I just, the game, it's just, it's so magical. Like it was, it, it was like the, the perfect combination of, of, of play field shots and the, the voice calls that they used from the movie and the artwork and the sound package. And it just, it drew me in. And it was like, it was like a light bulb went off and I'm like, this is awesome. I never cared about pinball before. And it's like, all of a sudden I love this. I love this game. And I really didn't care about any other games, but I loved that game. And uh, so two years later, I, I bought one and oh my God, I must've played that thing uh, a thousand times in a year. (laughs) I just loved it. There's just so much, there's so many great things about that game. It's, it's, and it's the most produced game ever made. I, they made something like 18,000 of them. Oh. It was just, it, it like broke records as far as, as sales. It was it, insane. Did they make it after the movies in the nineties or two thousands? Like or is right? it earlier than that? It it came out like right after either like, like parallel to or right after the first, uh, big movie mm-hmm. so yeah. and they have it, it's like they, they ended up getting uh oh, what was his name was it uh raul raul julia yeah uh, is that his name yes yeah he played yes yep. so like he 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 they, they have like a lot of his voice work mm-hmm. in it and stuff um and and uh oh god the woman who played his wife I mean, she's a Morticia. famous actress i can't angelica yeah. houston yeah angelica, angelica houston, houston. It's just, oh my God, it's such a good game. It's such a good game. I, that's like, if I regret getting rid of any one game, it's that game. I, you know, it's fascinating. I'm listening to you, right? And it struck me, I never really thought about this before, but you were talking about the difference between like a, a video game and then you were describing the pinball machine <clears throat> and like piecing it together. It's like, it's like a multimedia art experience yeah. and a game. Mm-hmm. Put together. So, like, I could see how, like, that, you know, you were talking about, like, um, destination games and whatnot. Like, there's so much to 
kind of put together that the that this world, sorry, I'm like butchering what I'm trying to say, but like, you know, like just taking that concept of like, you know, art artistry and pop culture and like commingling it into this like, you know, and no time, no game is exactly the same. You can never recreate the game that you've played before. Because yeah. the- and it's 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 like a it, it's so kinetic and, and and tactile, you know, and you feel like you're part of the experience more than than a video game. And yeah. believe me, I love video games like I, I yeah. have, you know, Nintendo and PlayStation <laughs> and Xbox. And I, I mean, I was a video game kid and I've never grown out of it much to, you know, the, the chagrin to, of my wife. And but I mean, my kids love it. They yeah. think I, they think I'm like the coolest dad in the world. <laughs> we have all these toys and stuff, but uh, there's just nothing that can replicate the experience of of pinball. Yeah, I think you're onto something, Dan and Stomping Jen. Um, there's there is that like physical tactile mm-hmm. element. There's a physical thing inside the game moving around that you mm-hmm. have to deal with, right? Like the ball and the flippers and then the paddles and right in the buttons. It's different than playing like a video game where right. everything is just on the screen. Right. And then like you said, Stomping Jen, you have the music, you have the the pictures, you have the voice work, you have the lights. And it is, it's like truly this, um, maybe it's the first kind of multimedia experience. Um, Dan, were the older games that way too did they try to like combine all those elements like pinball's been around a long time right yeah yeah they, they but they never really kind of like reached their i think full potential until the mid to late 80s where they really started trying to experiment with with new things you know um they they brought uh, voice like voices into the games in the in the eighties, and uh, they started coming up with with new mechanisms and and new types of toys that would interact with the ball, um, and that's the reason why I love Adam's Family. Like Adam's Family has has this one shot where you hit the ball and there's a magnet that grabs the ball and it, it grabs the ball right in front of a box and the box opens up and it's thing. And the hand comes out That's and awesome. picks up the ball <laughs> and brings it back into the box. What a feat of engineering. Just, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Like, like some of the stuff that they've come up with and, and still continue to come up with these days. Um, Aerosmith and we have another game here, Houdini. They both have kind of the same trick, but it's a great trick where the it grabs the ball in one spot and then it catapults it across the play field into a box that opens up. And you oh just see God. the ball just go flying, you know, like Houdini. I think it throws the ball like it's it's like a foot and a half distance. Oh my God. But it's just it's so cool to see it happen in front of you. And, and like you made that happen, you know? Yeah, I noticed on the website where you list um, the games that um, uh, Western Mass Pinball Club has, like some of them have tutorials that you have to read. Those must be really complex um, games. We have some games here. I I think you need a doctorate to try to figure it out. <laughs> That's amazing. Like we, we have a we have a Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, and um, that's by Jersey Jack Pinball. And they put out like a rule sheet, like a like a quick glance rule sheet, and it is the the craziest thing you would ever see in your life. Like there's just no way you could even follow it, and it's it's so deep. Um, it's kind of the fun of it, like sort of trying to figure it out. 
but there is something to be said about the games with like the simpler rule set where you, where you can walk up or, or you can bring a friend over and go, you know, okay, this, this is how you play it. It's, it's this, 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 um, not every game needs to be over complex, but we do have players that come here and they want that deep rule set. They want to be able to try to dig into a game, um, and master, you know, certain modes or try to work at getting to the wizard mode, which may take a half hour to get to if you're good enough to be able to play that long, which wait, wait, uh, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh, yeah, different yeah. modes. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. That's I didn't know that. So the longer you play like one of these games, it, it, it changes and the modes shift. What does oh, that yeah. mean? There's, I mean, there's, that's crazy. so like, uh, like, okay, so there's a game, um, Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a brand new it's actually the third Jurassic Park pinball machine ever made and it's a brand new one it's one that just came out two years ago um and it's still in production today we we actually just got one a few weeks ago and it's you can go into these games and you don't have to worry about modes or anything else but but if you once you start to try to like dig into the rule set a little bit there's an actual map on the play field that shows all the different paddocks you know, leading up to the entrance all the way up to the visitor center. And if you can make it to the visitor center, you'll start like a mini wizard mode, you know? Um, and, and, and there's just, there's so many layers to some of these games that at first glance, when you walk up to it, you, you don't know that. Um, and like I said, sometimes uh, for some of these games, it seems like you need like a PhD to, to figure them out. Um, we're fortunate enough in the pinball world that we have, uh, a few people, uh, one of them, uh, being, uh, Bowen Cairns, who actually lives in Salem, mass. He's like one of the top pinball players in the entire world. Uh, and he puts out all these fantastic tutorial videos on YouTube under, uh, Papa, Papa pinball, uh, which was a, a pinball organization down in uh, Pittsburgh that held like the biggest pinball tournament every year. Uh, that COVID actually did them into, which is unfortunate, but that like that tournament drew thousands of people from all over the world a year. Uh, Bowen puts out these, these tutorials. He makes it look so easy. Yeah. It's, it's not. That's amazing. <laughs> it's not. I learned something stomping Jen about oh, pinball. Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Here's a stupid question that popped into my head as I was thinking about how you have 60 games in your building. Like, do these games generate a lot of heat? Does the space get hot? Like when they're all running and being played it it does a little bit thankfully we have really good uh central air <laughs> yeah otherwise we, we would be in trouble yeah it would be like a sauna in here get guys a question going back to these complex games do you guys have them grouped um on the floor by like difficulty level or do you just like is there like a rhyme and a reason that your placement on the floor or there is but we don't have them grouped together like that so Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of pinball tournaments they use what are called banks and Mm -hmm. a bank is usually a group of four games um and each tournament kind of runs them different and and sometimes they'll have a like a four game bank which has a particular theme to it like it might be all like uh games that are themed to the ocean or underwater or something like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we kind of came up with tournament banks um, some of them are themed, uh, but we tried to come up with banks where we would have like one EM, one early solid state, one late solid state or early like DMD, and then like one newer game, like an LCD game so mm-hmm. that they're spaced out. A lot of the people that come here, um, 
a lot of them don't really care about the older games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we didn't want all like the brand new, you know, hotness all grouped together where we're going to get a big crowd in one area and, you know, have it be a little too congested. I mean, our room is huge, Mm -hmm. but we're trying to avoid that kind of thing. So we, we, we took some time and tried to figure out like what banks that made sense to us once we start um, running tournaments again um, and in big tournaments uh, where we can kind of keep people from all being in one spot and keep it a little more spread out and and comfortable. Mm -hmm. What's the pinball community like? So um, just really curious, is is it a bunch of old guys like us, Dan, you know, the late (laughs) forties, teenagers younger than that, like somewhere in between. I'm really curious about that. So, are the last so we've been running um tournaments every friday night we've been running what's called a knockout tournament um and last friday i want to say the oldest person that played in it was probably close to 70 wow. and the youngest player we had was nine <laughs> so it really like we have run people yeah. that we run yeah we run the gamut and we um, before COVID, we were actually running a kids league on Saturday mornings. Mm. Um, we were having kids as young as like seven playing like seven to 13. That sounds like a really great opportunity actually for, you know, mm-hmm. mi- mixing of the, the generational. Is that what you call it? Stone? Intergenerational. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say mixing of the old and the yeah, young. Yeah, you don't want to say that. No. You want to say intergenerational. Yeah. <laughs> Um, can you tell us a little, tell us a little bit more about your um, the weekly knockout events and like how those how those work? They're they're contests yeah. that happen every week. Sure. So yeah. uh, we run what's called a knockout tournament on Friday nights. We're we're currently uh, we just started opening on Thursdays last week, and and it's basically because Thursday night was our night to come here and try to work on stuff and and clean mm-hmm. games because you have to do the regular daily maintenance. If you don't, I mean, they're just going to start breaking down and they're going to break down more than they normally do already. You know? Um, so we said, well, screw it. Let's just start kind of opening our doors to the public. We'll see who shows up. I mean, there's some people that can't come on Fridays and I mean, we can't make everybody happy. And this is not like, this is not a business to us. This is not our job. The four of us, we all have full-time jobs. We all have families. We all have responsibilities, you know? So this is, this was a hobby and a a labor of love for us to, Mm -hmm. to put this place together. Um, so the knockouts, when league's not in session, we run a knockout tournament. Um, so the, the way the knockouts work out is everybody signs up. We actually have computer software, uh, called match play. And in match play, we put all of our players in when we're going to start the tournament and we put all of our available games that are working and, and up to tournament standards in there. And the software shuffles everybody up and it puts the people into groups of either three or four players. Um, and it spits out what game you're going to play and the player order. So who goes first, second, third, fourth. Um, So we print out score sheets for all the groups and the groups go off and play their game. And when they're done with their game, they bring their score sheet back and we put it into the computer. If you're in a four player group, we don't really care about the actual scores. We care about how people place. So if you're in a four player group, uh, players three and four, the bottom two scores, they get a strike. So, and kind of like baseball, three strikes you're out. Yeah. So 
every knockout you will play, you will always play at least three rounds. If you lose the first three rounds every time, then you're going to be knocked out at the end of round three. That doesn't happen a lot. Usually you're going to kind of squeak through at least one of them or, or all of them, depending on skill level. But I've played against people who are way better than me and I've, I've, you know, beaten them in rounds. That's the, that's really the cool thing about pinball skill does matter. Skill matters. Um, and sometimes even just understanding the rule sets of the game matter, but the best player can have a horrible game. I mean, there's just, there's a little bit of luck involved Mm -hmm. all the time, a lot of skill, but a little bit of luck. And I, I, we had, uh, we had groups last week where, uh, the nine-year-old it's his first time here. He came with his family. Um, his older brother is friends with my oldest child. And uh, the family came and the little guy wanted to play in the knockout. So we're welcome for anybody to play, you know, Um, and he made it to like the fifth or sixth round. And and he was and he was coming, you know, he was coming out on top of people who are like who play here all the time. And they're really good players. But it's just and it's great to see that, you know, because pinball, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's having a resurgence, but it's one of those things you really don't think about. You really don't see too often out in the wild. Um, I mean, my kids think this is like completely normal. We've had pinball machines, and things <laughs> been, you know, since yeah. they've been born and they go over people's houses and they're like, where's the pinball? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. You yeah. Know? My so. kid, my kids do the same thing with podcasting equipment. Oh, stop it. They're like, what, you don't have a podcast studio <laughs> oh, in your stop. home. Um, that's awesome. And, and this fall, um, you're going to be hosting, um, I don't, I don't quite know how to explain this. Um, season 24 of the new England pinball league. Yes. And we cannot wait. That is it's I'm telling you competitive pinball is the best. The players are so good. They're so welcoming. Um, you don't run into any assholes. Like it's not, it's not like a lot of other like competitive sports, I guess you can say. I, I mean, I know some people might kind of scoff at here and like, Pinball being a competitive sport, but there is, there is a high degree of, of skill involved in pinball, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we, we are so psyched to, to be part of season 24. Um, so again, it's the new England pinball league. Like I said, there, there's a bunch of different locations in new England, um, and it runs for eight weeks. So you play, uh, you can play at any location each week. So you're not married to a single spot. Um, the only thing they don't let you do is if you go and play your night at one spot and you do awful, you can't go try to make it up. You can't go try to do a repeat that same week. No sneaky do overs. No, they don't let you do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the eight weeks, uh, they basically break down the, the top players. They break you down into divisions. So a division, B division, C division. Um, and then the top 100 people total, you know, one third, one third, one third, uh, they go to do, uh, this huge tournament, um, at a, at a location. So right now, really in NEPL, there's only two spots that can really handle like that number of players. We're one of them. Uh, the other one is Arcadia bar, which is up in Portland, Maine, oh which God. is, if you guys ever go up to Portland, list. Maine, yeah. you have to go to Arcadia. Right. It's the, some of the fucking coolest people in the world. Um, and they actually, they, during COVID, you know, COVID shut them down too. Cause they were, they were a bar, but they were also a pinball location mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, 
they're actually moving to a bigger and better spot. Like mm-hmm. they, instead of, instead of going under, they're like, screw it. We're going to come back and we're going to be like, you know, yeah. three times as badass. So they bought this building that is just massive and they're planning on having a ton of games and, uh, they're going to be right across the street from one of the greatest Chinese restaurants you could ever go to empire in Portland. If you guys get up there, empire, we're going in a yeah, couple, we are we're going, going in a couple so of like weeks. Oh my God. This empire, go to empire. <laughs> I don't know if Arcadia is going to be open yet because I think they're still in like the transition of moving yeah. from one spot to the other. If they're open, make sure you go. But so, yeah, empire is the bomb. All right. We so, got like a whole bunch of Portland. Yeah, and I think, I think Dan, um, needs to expand, uh, Western mass pinball club to also doing pinball event planning. Cause we're going to go do all of these things that he just suggested. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. we're going to go to Portland. <laughs> we're going to like pinball tourism. Yeah. 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 There's a lot, there's, there's quite a few spots up that way. And it's funny, like the pinball, like I said, the pinball community, it's the greatest group of men and women that I have ever met. Everybody's just so cool. And everybody's out to like help each other out. And, and we all promote each other, you know, nobody's looking to like dominate the, you know, the, the field of, of New England pinball. Everybody wants pinball to succeed and they can't succeed without everybody kind of like, you know, having each other's back. Does, does the, does the league have like, do you guys maintain like a, a map of all the locations? They they have it. They have yeah. all the locations listed on the website. I I don't know if the website's been up, updated, updated in a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So some of the locations on there might not exist anymore. And like I said, a lot of I mean places now that are finally opening back up because we've you know we've gotten to the the vaccination levels and everything else mm-hmm. and 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 we can try to live normal again, which is mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing to even have to say, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's still a bunch of them that are uh, that are coming back into the world and, and up yeah. and kicking and and they're trying to keep pinball alive. I'm so glad um, you all survived in, in some of these other places. Yeah. Um, these tournaments can people come and watch if they're not playing? Like could could Stomping Jen and I go and and watch one of the one of the? Could we come into one of the uh, weekly knockout events or could we go to the the tournament when it happens in the in the fall? Absolutely. We, uh, absolutely. And, and on Fridays, um, we have a, we have plenty of people that come here on Fridays and they're just casual players. They have nothing to do with the tournament. The tournaments are completely optional. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been before COVID, we were getting probably around 40 ish people Mm -hmm. on a Friday. Um, and maybe a little over half would actually do the tournament and Mm -hmm. the other people are just, you know, going off and, and, playing games and enjoying themselves and, and doing their thing. Because I always think with my stomach stomping, Jen, I have to ask Dan, do you have like snacks there for people <laughs> or like, or like <laughs> seltzers or sodas or like, <laughs> so we, we have, we have a water cooler here. Um, but we okay. also have a very large public fridge. So we let people bring, um, food and beverages in. Okay, so cool. Let's bring your own food. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Do you charge admission? How does that work? So we don't, since we're, we're not really, like I said, we're the, we're the fight club of pinball. We're not a business. We are, we're a private collection of games that we open our doors to let the public come in and check out. Um, we do have, we do have a donation box Mm -hmm. when you first walk in with some signage. Um, it helps, it helps pay the rent. It helps keep the lights on. I mean, we're, we didn't, we didn't go into this to, to try to make money or like, 
nobody's getting rich off pinball. I can right. tell you that yep. much, you know? And like I said, we all have, we all have lives and, and right. real jobs. So like, this is kind of a thing that we just donate a few hours of our time every week um, because it's a labor of love. And because we love, we love pinball and we mm-hmm. want to have, we want to have the greatest pinball spot in Massachusetts. Yep. And I think we are, if, if we don't, I, I'd be hard pressed to hear of a place that's, that's better than this right now because of just the sheer volume of games and just, you know, diverse collection. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, it's my dream, you know? And and I can say this, Dan's not going to say it, but I am going to say this. So if you go to watch or play, Bring a bring a bring, couple of bucks. Yes. Yeah, don't be a don't be a scoundrel. Help. I, I mean, I can just imagine that yeah. the electricity for running these machines alone yeah. is probably pretty high. And and I'm also going to point out, you can go to the Western Mass Pinball Club website. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Okay, and I'm going to post it on social media. I'm going to ask you all to go there, and there's a there's a donate button. This this operation Dan has told us about um, all this good that this club is bringing um, to us all in terms of fun. This is fun stuff. Donate a couple of bucks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just go. So, so sorry. Yeah. Um, so you said it wasn't a busy, a business, right? So you're not even like mm-hmm. a 501c3. It's like literally these are your machines. So like, mm-hmm. I can imagine too, that you don't just want to open it up for people to just come and play sometimes. If you know, like, like like a quarters model because you don't want the machines to break, maybe potentially or I mean, well, it's 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 they're always going to break, right? And, yeah. and we're always going to do our best to try to keep everything up and running. Um, because I mean, one of the main reasons we opened this place was because of the pinball league, and mm-hmm. we we love the pinball league, and we've you know Andy had his house is, has a, a spot, right, and, yeah. and the rest of us. Um, we we wanted a place that that the four of us could call our own, but that we could welcome people in and get people, you know, Excited. into yeah. into the the hobby of of pinball. Not even ownership, but just but just you know, getting to experience. I, I think one of the greatest games, you know, you're right spreading now. your it's love. Just, it's so the good, pinball yeah. Culture. We're gonna come in and visit. we love we're, it. We're gonna come and visit. Oh, um, I totally want to. Once this, oh, you guys have to. Yeah, once this COVID is over, I, I haven't told Stomping Jen this yet, Dan. I've, I've got on my list to purchase a portable recording device, a more portable oh, no. device, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're gonna bring it, and we're gonna we're gonna do an on-site follow-up interview, and we're gonna <laughs> and we're gonna bring I think the we love. We need to cover this. Uh, we're gonna do an immersive fourth season of. Uh, yeah, we're gonna cover the twenty-fourth season of the New England Pinball League. We're going. We're gonna come on-site. That would be. That would be awesome. With permission, of course. Yes, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're invading your space. We, we, we would welcome it. It's, it's great. We just want to get the word out and have people, you know, find out about us within reason. Yeah. Like I said, we're the, yeah. we're the fight club of pinball. We don't, right. we don't want 500 people yeah. showing up one day. You, know? right, right. you don't have to worry <laughs> and, about it with this podcast. Oh, stop we're it. not going to get thousands of people descending <laughs> oh, upon Jesus you. Okay. But we have, we have a, we have a, a, we have a, a nice, um, sizable, um, local devoted following. That's all. That's, that's great. Um, I have a question. Is there like a holy grail of pinball machines, like a pinball machine that somebody believes is sitting out there in some elderly Basement. person's <laughs> barn under a, under a, a tarp, tarp. <laughs> like just waiting to be discovered? 
it's I mean, there's a, there's a handful of games out there <clears throat> that there's only maybe a, a few in existence. And I guess you could call those the holy grails as far as just rarity and, and how much they're worth and everything else. I mean, there are pinball machines out there that I know of for a fact that have sold for well over $40,000 oh for a single game because there's just, oh, maybe only two or three of them That's in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's any one single game, mm-hmm. um, but there are, there are a few that, like I said, there's almost none of them left either. Like the game was about to go in production and the company closed down um, or they just didn't think it was going to be financially feasible to run it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they didn't, I, so I saw, I did a little bit of research on on you guys as far oh, as no. podcast Facebook. Oh, no. Well, it's it's the detective in me. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I saw you guys were in Vegas recently. Oh, yes. I don't know if you know this, but Vegas has the pinball hall of fame. Do we, they? We, we didn't know. We didn't spend very do. much. We didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah. they just moved to a to a brand new building, which is <sighs> like it was it's crazy it, huge. But, we but they not, have yeah they have one of the games that's like one of like those, those Loch Ness monster, you know, uh-huh. rarity pinball machines called uh pinball circus, which uh, there's only like three of them. I think two or three of them in existence. Oh, they wow. have one of them. Oh, it's the only place I've ever, I mean, I got to play it. I went to Vegas yeah. years ago and it's a cool experience. I don't think it's the greatest game in the world, but it's yeah. one of those things you'll never see it anywhere else, you know, in your life. So yeah. oh, I wish um, we had talked but, to Dan before we went. That's all right. We would yeah. not have, we, we didn't have much time I know, but to we, go check out the Maybe pinball. we would have checked it but out. But now we'll have something. Yeah. He's giving us all these yes. like, travel tips. Pinball tourism, I'm <laughs> in, telling you. In, uh, yes. yeah. in, in, in Asbury Park. <laughs> yes. My favorite. Uh, place on earth. My yes. favorite place on earth. Go ahead. <laughs> they have a pinball. Um place oh we'll check we'll check that out when we go again do you know about this asbury park <clears throat> i i that might be silver ball yes maybe? silver ball yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I know of them i mean yeah. no there you go see i got the noise yep <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you a travel um, tip asbury park place to go there you yeah. go yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I have to ask this question. It's going to be the silliest question I asked this night. It, have you ever listened to the Who's Pinball Wizard while playing oh pinball? It's just Tommy. Uh, I'm I'm sure at some point it's been on when I've been playing a pinball machine, but it's one of those songs where like when you're into pinball, yeah. it's like one of the last things you ever really want to hear. I know. It, That's why I keep time. making bad jokes about it. I know. I'm sorry. I I had to ask that question. I was, we we have we have a Spotify playlist that we play when we're open. Uh-huh. It's yeah. not on there. <laughs> it's funny because I was obsessed when I was a kid with that musical. Yeah. I really loved it. I know you love it. I can, I'm not a big fan. I can fan start of, singing for you, but d- I don't know I'm not if anybody fan, can handle. No, please don't. I'm not a fan of the Who. So I know you hate that. And I'm not. I probably won't be a fan of the Who channel through whatever this is. So, um, all right, we're, <laughs> d- d- Dan. We're going to transition um, to our last couple of questions. Uh, I know, I know you've got to get going. Um, so, what what's on the horizon for Western Mass Pinball? I know we've got the 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 tournament coming up um, and hosting. Um, uh, the New England Pinball League seasons. Anything else? What What do you think? Are you thinking aspirationally about anything? I we you know it's funny because when we first opened the spot, and like I said, it's it's a pretty big room and it's an old cafeteria space. Um, when we first looked at this room, 
And I was completely not sold at all. I'm like, this is way too big. We're never going to be able to fill it. Um, and, and one of the other guys, actually, Andy, he's our head tech. He, uh, thank God, because that, that kid has just, he can see things. I'm a little more cynical. <laughs> I'm probably the most cynical one of the four of us, but I kind of give that to like, I don't know, my profession and just all mm-hmm. the, you know, so it's, it's, I was a little more cynical going into this that I, I, th- I didn't think it was going to work out. Um, but he, you know, he and the rest of the guys, they had this vision and they're like, Oh no, trust me, it'll work. It'll work. Um, they're right. I tell them they're right all the time. I, it's, we, we have gotten to the point now where we are, we are, we're over capacity. Yeah, we're out of you're out, you're We're, out we're trying to get friends to like, we, we have some guest games here for friends and stuff. And we're like, please take your games home because <laughs> we don't have room anymore. Yeah. You know, like, thank you for bringing them to begin with because it helped us, you know, start yeah. this place and get it filled. But it's like, guys, you got to take your games. We can't, yeah. we, we don't have room for our stuff anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think for future, like I said, we're, we're, we're looking to get into maybe doing some like repair classes in mm-hmm. the fall. Obviously yeah. we want to bring uh, the kids league back because, you know, my kids, they love pinball. They mm-hmm. are, uh, they're about to turn uh, seven and 12 this month both. Uh, so they're like, they, they love it. My 12 year old, he's, he's become kind of a little Tommy himself, you know, like he, <laughs> he, he, he knocked me out of the tournament last week. I was a little, you know, I grounded him, but I mean, whatever. I guess uh, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we want to get, we want to get the, the younger generations involved because the older people that come here, they, they lived through pinball. They lived through the heyday. It was, it was part of their lives, you know, it, it, albeit maybe a small part, but it was a part of their lives where these kids now, you know, there are really no there's some arcades out there, but they're not like they were, um, you know, like when we were growing up yeah. in the, the eighties yeah. and nineties, where it was like the arc, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're, if you grew up in this area. Right. But I, I didn't, I grew yeah. up in, so I grew up in this area. So I grew up in Amherst and, and the Springfield area. So you had like the, you had the arcade at the Hampshire mall and you had the arcade at the old mountain oh, farms mall, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> we played and at that the, arcade. At the, at we, the Fairfield <laughs> yeah. mall. They had the just fun and, and dream machine. And it's like and the one at the Holyoke mall in the basement. And I lived in these places and mm-hmm. I, I, that was my childhood. You know, these kids, they don't have that anymore. They have a, they have a Nintendo switch in their yeah, house or they have an Xbox house. and it's, it's not, it's not the same yeah. because no. you used to go there with your friends and it was, it was more of a social thing than it was just playing video games. Now these kids sit down and, and they play Fortnite and Minecraft and, yeah. you know, whatever for hours, but the, you, there's not that social components, not there. Yeah. And that's one of the best things about this place is, is yeah. we're, we're trying to bring a social component back to like, an arcade type of feel, you know, and get yeah. people interested in pinball, but also get, we want people to meet new people. We uh, uh, real quick story. We had a guy show up a few weeks ago and he's never been here before. And, and when new people come in, the four of us, we take notice. Cause we just go, oh, it's, it's somebody new, you know? So, uh, I, I walk up to the guy and I always ask people like how they found out about us because I, I want to know what's working. I want to know if it's, if it's our Facebook page, if they searched for it, or if it's, I, I post in, you know, two or three different kind of groups. I'll, I'll promote our spot in, including like the Belchertown community forum, which is, I'm, I'm assuming where you guys saw it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and, and so, cause we're trying to keep it small, but we want people, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're in Palmer, we're in the, 
Belchertown area. I live in Belchertown. So we want people in this area, if they're interested in that kind of thing, we want them to know about us. So this guy shows up and I'm like, oh, I, I always ask people, how'd you find out? So he's like, oh, uh, how'd, you, how'd you find out about us? And this guy's probably, I would say he's got to be late 50s. And um, he goes, oh, he goes, so I'm an Uber driver. <laughs> and I picked up this guy last night at a bar on Boston Road. There's, I can't remember the name of it. It might be like Turtle Pond or something, right? Yeah. On, on Boston Road. And they have a pinball machine there. They've always had like a single pinball machine there. And I, I, it must be like somebody that has a route and puts games out. So one of our regulars I know goes there and will play pinball occasionally if we're not open. So this Uber driver picked up our regular and he's driving him home and who happens to live like a half mile from the club. And uh, he's like, oh, how was it in there tonight? And, you know, our regular's gone. Oh, it's great. You know, had a, had a beer, played some pinball. And the Uber driver's like, pinball? And he's like, yeah, they have a pinball machine, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I love pinball. I used to own a game like 20 years ago. Oh, my God. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, you and they're, yeah. they're driving by the complex at this point. He's like, oh, well, there's a pinball club right there. And they're open Friday nights and they have like 60 games. And the guy came the next night and he's like, I kind of thought he was kidding because we're driving yeah. by and you're looking at this old factory and there's, you know, it's like there yeah. can't be this this awesome, you know, pinball spot. But. That's there awesome. Is. We're, That's he, we're here. So cool. That's such a good story. <laughs> that is such a good story. I love it. So it's just it's funny. We have people show up before COVID who are like, "Yeah, I was in like a like this hairdresser, and they were talking about this pinball place in Palmer, and we thought they were crazy." <laughs> and we're, <laughs> I figured oh, I'll drive over there and see if they're like if, if it's real. And yeah, it's it's funny how people just kind of word of mouth and yeah. and and find us. That's awesome. Um, Dan, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else you wanted to tell us to make sure that you wanted to talk about or? Uh, I don't think so. I I think it's just, you know, I mean, if, if people in the area, if they're interested in pinball, I mean, if they're looking just to, uh, just to meet new people, you know, everybody, everybody here is, it's so, they're so welcoming and it's just, it's so much fun. And, and we want to get people interested. I'm telling competitive play is, is a blast. You don't need to be a pinball wizard to, to, <laughs> to play with us competitively and, and do well. And, and it's, you know, the more you play, the better you're going to get. It's just like anything else. Mm-hmm. So. We're, we're going stomping, Jen. We're going to check it out. And we're, we, totally we're going to, re- we're going to report back. All right. Last two questions. And I promise these are easy. All right. Um, <laughs> we know, we know you spend a lot of your free time doing pinball. I think we've established this. Um, what else mm-hmm. do you like to do for fun? Like, how do you, how do you reconnect? How do you, how do you get back to yourself <sighs> that doesn't involve wow. pinball? E. Could be, you know, hiking, jogging, working out, <laughs> anything like that. We're just curious. Uh, I have, I have a road bike. So myself and and some coworkers and and uh, friends, um, we'll go occasionally out to like the the, the Belchertown Trail and mm-hmm. and do the North Ham- you know, to Northampton and back, or, or hit the Westfield Trail. That's a beautiful trail. Um, I really enjoy doing that. Uh, I, I like the road bike. I don't like really riding on the real roads because it's mm-hmm. the drivers these days are just, I, I've seen so many yeah. horrible things in my yeah. career and people not paying attention. Um, so that kind of scares me a little bit, but uh, I just, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of free time. I mean, my, my job is very 
consuming mm-hmm. even even off hours because I work in an investigative branch. Yeah. And so you always have uh stuff looming, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um so I actually I work in a in a homicide unit. So it's oh, like geez. it's it's yeah, yeah. so it's intense. it's uh mm-hmm. it's intense and and it's always I, I can't wait to retire. Let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> well, it's just like it's gonna be this huge weight off my uh, yeah. off my shoulders. But uh, yeah, bike. If it's not pinball, um, and th- there have been times where I've been here so much that I actually kind of like grew to resent it a little bit. I think all four of us mm-hmm. uh, have have hit that point at one point or another, just because it's it's a lot to keep on top of with all yeah. the games and everything yeah. else. But like I said, it's a labor of love and and, and we love it. So besides pinball, I, I would say the biking and, and obviously spending time with my, with my wife and, and sure. two kids, um, you know, they're, they're, they're everything to me. So. Okay. Uh, thanks for, thanks for answering that. Uh, last question. Um, if you listen, if you listen to the cakes by Pip <laughs> podcast, you, you might know this question is coming. Um, I do. Hell yeah. and, all right. I, and I asked this, you can take this any way you want. I've got to cue up the music so I can lead you down the right path. All right. Um, oh my what, gosh. You just said any way. Uh, that's a lie. I always okay. want people to tell me something paranormal. That's right. just, I've been, I've been, dr- I've been dreading this question. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not going to draw out the torture, Dan. I'm going to ask it. Um, wh- what have you experienced that you can, you cannot explain? Oh boy. See, and I, I was dreading it because yes. I was, I was, I've been thinking about how I could even answer it without it being too dark you know mm-hmm. um cuz i don't I, I, like the paranormal anything like that i i just i don't have anything you know yeah that's um cool. that's okay so it I, I yeah i guess the only thing i can't explain is and and not to get like i said not to get too dark um but just doing what i've done for as long as i've done it um yeah i i mean I, i've just i've seen things that I don't know, I don't know why they've yeah. happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like I said, I'm in, I'm in homicide and, yeah. and I'm in, I work for a, a, a pretty large department and we have a lot of incidents that happen and, and we've had stuff where it's just like you get there and you're just like, I, yeah. you, you can't even explain how, how it could even get to yeah. how it, get, how it got there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, I've been, I've been that that question has been lingering in my head all day, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to answer that? You you gave a great answer, and thank you for thank you for going out on a yeah. limb and answering it. Um, yeah. And I'm just I'm glad you have this pinball that you can retreat to, you know, once in a while to to get away from the that work. So yeah, <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. I think this is probably one of the, one of the few things that actually keeps me like, you know, sane. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Dan Regner, I have to thank you. Um, this was a really enjoyable conversation. Yes, I love <laughs> learning about this. Like you said, it's like right here in our backyard and we never knew about it. Yeah. And I'm excited for people to, to hear about, um, the, um, the uh, Western Mass Pinball Club, and to be able to hopefully go check it out and, and yeah. even even support be it. immersed in pinball yeah. culture. All right, um, we have to go out on uh, Tommy. No, I'm just no, kidding. we can't. I'm kidding. Well, I'm joking. I've already I've already been subject to one takedown order because we played. <laughs> 
And our podcast host threatened us that if we get any more, we're in trouble. So no, you can't even hum it, Stomping Jen. What? Uh, we played some song on our podcast. Oh, so okay. we got a okay. we got a nasty round. We got a strike. Yeah. yeah, we got a strike. So we <laughs> yeah. have to behave. That's all right. All right. Um, Dan, thank you so much. Really, yes. um, this, this was, was this was great. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank th- you guys. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Um, listeners, thank you for your um, continued support and yes. listening. Thank you. We, we love appreciate you. it. We do love you. Thank you for saying oh, that, Stomping Jen. Okay. All right, um, Dan. We're just going to go around. We like to say bye now. It's our. It's our. It's our. What do you say? Our signature. Our signature sign off. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll let you do the honors of giving the first bye now. <laughs> All right. Bye now. All right, Stomping Jen, um, you're why up. Why do you get to go last? All right, I'll do it. That's fine. I don't have to. I will. I will step aside and. Right. I will go I now. All right. Um, All right. Bye, bye now. Okay, bye now, everyone. (laughs) Bye now. This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity, and that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth, and that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 